Hey everybody, welcome back this week as we walk through the Word together. And as we walk out this truth, we discover that life is produced in us and also in other people. We are walking with one another, growing together to see the life of Christ continue to manifest and birth in us and then to see it spread outside of the walls of our houses and our church building. Every single person that is confronted with the truth and begins to feel a conviction to do something, even to come and share tonight, um, the common denominator between us all is that we have to confront a fear. And I think so many times um, in our life, we don't realize how big of a motivator that fear is. But as Jim was sharing about what happens when we're out on the street, and by the way, Jim, man, Thank you so much for being consistent and going week in and week out. God is absolutely using Jim there as much as he's using anybody else there. And uh, it's such a blessing. But when we begin to enter into this life that Jesus calls us into, this gospel life, what we begin to experience is this extreme motivation of love in our heart. But what is in conflict with the gospel every single time personally in our life and the outworking of that is fear. And tonight, for the remainder of our time together, I want to take just a moment to talk about fear. Because the reality is that um, what I've seen in my own life, and I didn't really realize this, because honestly, people would ask me, and they say, TC, man, what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? Like, you'll do anything. You'll, like, like, the fear part of your brain actually doesn't seem like it works. I think it should, you know? And seeing all the, the dumb things that I would do, you know, like sitting on a ladder on top of a car trying to paint the top of a 28-foot, you know, like sign. And then, you know, all these things and being like, well, whatever, it's good. But I realized that there was a lot of insecurities in my life, that there was actually a lot of anxieties and fears that were there deep down inside. And, uh, and so what I want to do tonight is just help us address those fears. Because there's so many times in our life whenever we believe, hey, I need to take this step of faith or I need to do this thing in obedience. And we begin to analyze, we begin to cower down, we begin to step back. Some of you even tonight maybe felt that. Maybe you had fear. I guarantee you everybody that got up here in front and talked, there was a little bit of hesitation, a little bit of fear. Am I right? Yeah. But what motivates us to do something? There has to be a greater truth in our life than the fear in order for us to move beyond that fear. I'm going to share a story with you about my niece. My niece... Um, She's, she's such a sweet little girl. I mean, she's like three and a half years old. Um, she is just such a, a, a life-filled person. But she has this extreme terror when she gets around dogs. Now, she's never been attacked by a dog, all right? Never been hurt by a dog before in her life. But when she comes um, around my gigantic, uh, you know, eight-pound dog, when she gets around my eight-pound dog, she loses her mind, and all the dog has to do is just go up and just, just, just you know, want to be friendly, get to know her. And she is, she's lost her mind and she's gone. But here's a couple truths that my, my niece, Sydney Grace, believes about the dog. She believes he has sharp teeth, which he does. She believes he has bad breath, which he does. She believes that he runs really fast, and he does. She believes that he, can, he jumps on her and all that. All those things are true about my dog. But there's a greater truth 
that she misses that I hope she believes soon because last night she actually jumped out of the camper um, because the dog went up to her. I mean, there was nobody behind her. She just left. And, and fortunately, mom was there and caught her. But the truth that she fails to see, the greater truth is that when she's around the dogs, her mom grabs her, picks her up, says, it's going to be okay. And when she's around me and Daniel, me and Daniel grab the dog and say, hey, it's cool. He's a good dog. There's this greater truth about the situation that she doesn't see in the midst. And as her perspective, as she grows and her perspective shifts, she's probably not going to be near as afraid of those dogs. She's probably not going to have this terror scream whenever a dog comes up to her and, and licks her. But the question that I want to ask for you guys today, in the midst of the fears that you have to confront in your life, there is a greater truth. And for everyone that stepped out in obedience, for everyone that reached out to an enemy, that reached out to a neighbor, that began to pray for these things, you went beyond a fear, you went beyond the discouragement, and you saw the greater truth of the gospel. And today, I just wanna remind you of what the word says, because what gets me in my life is this. Um, I, I'm, I'm reading the other day, me and Jay are hanging out, and we're sharing one another where we're at in our life. And, uh, and we're sitting there and we come to Psalm 99.1. Psalm 99.1 says this, the Lord reigns, let the people tremble. He sits enthroned upon the cherubim, let the earth quake. That verse may seem a little out of place, but here's the word I wanna focus on. The Lord reigns, let the people tremble. Then God just really spoke to my heart and he said, TC, man, what's making you tremble right now? What are you afraid of? As I begin to share the anxieties that I had, the things that I was just worried about in the future, the fears and all these different things that was keeping me from taking a step forward, I said, TC, man, what, what makes you tremble? Because the reality is when we understand the fullness of who God is, the love, the simple gospel that God loves you, that Jesus gave his life for you, when you step into receiving that, that is the greater truth that hushes all those fears. And as I begin to step into that truth in my life, I begin, I've just started asking the question, man, what's making me tremble? Because the God of heaven, the God who is reigning, yeah, you know what? If I'm an enemy of God, I've got a lot of reason to be afraid. I do. Because God absolutely loves his children. And yes, he takes care of the enemy. Yes, God is a God of judgment. Yes, God is all-knowing. He's in control of all things. But because of our relationship with Jesus, all that wrath got poured out on Jesus. So as I think about my fear of failure, what the word says is that even when I'm not faithful, he remains faithful because he doesn't deny himself. He's faithful. For every fear, there's a greater truth in the gospel. As I sit here and I, and I sit here and think, man, I, dude, I'm afraid of punishment. I'm afraid of death. I'm afraid of this or that. Again, we go back to the gospel. What did Jesus do to death? <laughs> he put death to death. He lives eternally and invites us into that living. When I think about fear of punishment, we're gonna read that scripture in just a minute. But you know what? It says that there's actually, there shouldn't be any fear of 
punishment where there is love. Perfect love casts out fear. And so as we begin to process this, and I just ask you to just ask that same question in your life right now, what makes you tremble? As we think about the vastness of God, of all the attributes of who God is, we can begin to name that God is love, that God is all-knowing, that God is in control, right? We think about all those things, about who God is. As we exist in his love, though, and we experience his love, that motivates us in a completely different way. And as we experience that, we begin to tremble because of how awesome he is. We begin to come into this place where we can truly worship God because we recognize that, yes, God is all these things, but love is the greatest, and he has lavished his love upon us. You know, I used to be afraid of Daniel's dad, Hugh Brogdon. He's not here tonight, but he's a part of the church. And uh, Hugh was this person that was extremely intimidating to me, all right? And when I met Daniel, um, I was 18 years old. And so an 18-year-old guy, a musician, a little scrawny dude, you know, who got my car stuck in his yard like three times while we were dating. I had to deal with all these confrontations with him that were really interesting. And, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I can't drive my car, but I do want to marry your daughter, you know? And uh, so all those things, um, what that ended up leading to was I, I knew, I knew all these scary things about him, you know, and straight up threatened me with a gun, you know, like, if you do anything to my daughter, you know, that kind of thing. And so, so that's the kind of like relationship we had. But once, once he brought me in and said, hey, man, you're like my son. You're one of the family. I absolutely love you, man. Welcome to the family. It completely changed the relationship. Now I have great respect for him because he is the father of my wife. But it's ultimately because of the relationship that he extended to me, inviting me into his family, saying, hey, you're my son now. So much greater is that with our relationship with the king. And God invites us in as a son or a daughter, and he says, listen, listen, I love you. I love you. And that truth right there, as simple as that is, the truth of John 3, 16, that God loves the world so much that he gave his son, that whoever believes in him won't perish, but will live forever. That truth that so many of us can quote needs to be something that we wake up to every single day. Be something we remind ourselves of every single day. For some of us, man, we've put the gospel back in the, in the past. Like that was something that happened then. Like we believed the gospel then. But what I want to tell you today is we overcome fear in our life. We've got to experience the gospel now. The gospel is for the present right now too. Jesus loves you right now. And that is the truth that will begin to wipe away your fears and help you to take step forwards in obedience. So as we continue today, there is a greater truth than the reality of your fear. And that is the gospel. We cannot move past the gospel. We cannot move beyond it. We will never um, get to a place in our Christian theology and we should never get to this place where we build something beyond the gospel. The gospel is it, Okay. That truth that Jesus loves me is the motivator for everything that we do. That's why we go out on the street. That's why you got up here and shared tonight. That's why we're having these, questions, these conversations with enemies. That's why we're reaching out to neighbors. 
That's why we got a connection team. That's why we're gathered here tonight. That's why we worship is because of the love of the Father. So when I think about the hope for the church, my hope for us is that we continue to move outside of fear and continue to move into obedience and understanding that love that he's, he's, he has for us. And I want to just share with you for the remainder of our time, Philippians 1, 27 through 30. So Philippians came from this guy named Paul. We've heard about Paul. The apostle Paul was currently in prison. The church had every reason to be afraid right now because they were literally seeing people within their assembly, within their congregation, within their family being put to death because of the gospel. And to make things all the more real to them, their leader, the apostle Paul, is in prison because of his faith for preaching the gospel, for telling people that God loves you. And so he begins to write this letter of encouragement to this church of Philippi, and here's what he says. Verse 27, let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come to see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had and now hear that I still have. Now, what does this mean, okay? Paul's hope for the church is that they are motivated by the gospel, that they are motivated by love. But it's interesting that the contrast of being motivated by the gospel is being frightened by your enemy. And what Paul begins to teach the church is not to go to your enemy and just absolutely eliminate them. He doesn't tell them to go draw their sword, get the shotguns out, take care of the enemy. That's not what he says to do. Instead, he says, my prayer for you is that you are not frightened in anything by your opponents. You see, the reality is, is that, and we've been talking about this tonight, but that Jesus invites us to love our enemy. But the thing that Paul is building on based on that principle is that for you to be able to see the gospel carry out, you're gonna have to learn to deal with your fear. You're gonna have to learn to process this fear and see the greater truth because the reality is this, with your fear, all right, and with enemies, the power of the enemy is not that they can eliminate you. That's not the power of the enemy. The enemy actually becomes powerless whenever you don't fear them. If we can look at opponents, we can look at those things that are against us and understand that the greatest power they have is fear that they instill with us, then we can begin to realize that there's a greater truth about this enemy, about this opponent, about this thing in the gospel, and we can begin to take steps forward. And so I want to remind you this today because there are things that in your life that you're afraid of. I know we all have to process those and deal with those things. We got to battle them out. But the thing that I'm seeing from Paul here is this, that your enemy is as strong as your fear. The opponents in your life are only as strong as your fear of them. 
But if you can get to the place where you're not fearful because of the greater truth that we know in the gospel, as we can begin to rest in the good news that Jesus loves you, that he loves your enemy, that while you were in the midst of sinning, Christ actually died for you. When that truth can be the motivator, then you can go up in the midst of an opponent. You can face the fear of rejection. You can face the fear of not knowing everything. You can face the fear of not being in control. You can trust him as Lord. You can face the, the, the fear of, um, you know, even of the unknown when you're just willing to take a step of obedience and trust the fact that Jesus is moving, that he loves, that he is working. And I, and I, I say that because the thing in my life is, is that I don't know if you're like this, but I have every bit of good intentions to go and do something with my life. Every bit of good intention to go and make a move. But then I start to analyze. I start to think myself out of doing it. And then I find myself at this place where like, man, I never did it. I never was obedient. And again, I'm processing in my mind. I'm like, okay, why did I not take this step? Why did I not make this move? Why did I not reach out to my neighbor? Why did I not do this? And what I come back to at the end of the day, man, I'm like, man, where's my experience of the gospel today? Where's my fresh reminder from Jesus that I absolutely need salvation? Where's my fresh reminder of Jesus that I was actually an enemy of God? And then while I was in the midst of being an enemy, he loved me. Where's the reminder at of that? And so, man, I'm telling you, when you get back to the gospel truth, that Jesus loves you, those fears begin to fade. So as we think about the reality of our fears in light of the truth, the enemy is as strong as your fear, but your faith, you're gonna get your power from God through faith in him. He's the one that's going to empower you. And ultimately, the gospel is the only truth strong enough to silence your fears and redeem your suffering. So in this passage, he's encouraging the church. Hey, listen, church, be strong in the gospel. Listen, friends that shared tonight, be strong in the gospel. Everyone else that hasn't shared that's in the midst of something else and maybe you didn't feel like you needed to tonight, that's all good. Hey, be strong in the gospel. Continue to share the love of Jesus with others, okay? That's what he's saying to them. And he's saying, listen, I wanna find you strong and not fearful of your opponents. But you know what the opponents still can do? The opponent can still bring about suffering in your life. So he gives this reminder. So when you suffer, when you go try to talk to the Starbucks lady and she's like, no, I don't want it. Or when you try to remedy a relationship and they just, they, they just, they leave it. Like they don't want it. And they pour salt in an open wound and they seem to reopen the wound. And you continue in suffering. Understand the greater truth about that situation that God is still at work, that he can still redeem that situation. We sung tonight about belief in so many different ways, like so many different songs about belief, but what we believe is extremely important because it determines everything that we do. And I believe a lot of us sit here and say, yeah, I mean, I believe Jesus. Yeah, I believe Jesus loves me. But when you begin to look at your fear through the lens of Jesus' love, you begin to see that that fear is a whole lot smaller than you thought it was. You begin to see that there's a greater motivator than my fear, and it is the gospel. So as we close tonight, I want to um, 
I want to remind you of this. This is the gospel. And this is how the gospel uh, plays out to your fear. The gospel is simply that Jesus loves you. That is the good news. That is the life-changing news is that regardless of what you've done in your life, Jesus absolutely loves you. And as you continue to walk with Jesus, you continue to make mistakes, you continue to feel this impression, I need to do this, and then you don't, and you go back and forth, and he continues to love, he continues to nurture, he continues to walk with you. That's the good news. But a reminder to 1 John 4, 17 through 18, it says, by this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Perfect love casts out fear. Today, if you are fearful in any kind of way in your life, understand this, that it is going to be dealt with as you continue to receive the love of Jesus in your life and give that love away. That's what Marta was saying. She was having a hard time receiving something this week, so she began to serve. She began to give love, and it completely changed her perspective all around. Y'all are gonna find that as you continue to step out in obedience and give the love that doesn't come from you, but comes from the king, there's gonna be an overflow in your life, and it begins to change everything. You begin to see these situations that could be an awful situation, and you're gonna be able to see the redemptive thread of Christ in them. And so tonight as we close out, we're going to have a time of prayer right here. But I want to invite you to pray as the psalmist prayed in Psalm 34, 4. Here's what the psalmist says. I sought the Lord. He answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. There's something happens when you go and you tremble before God and you set your gaze on the Savior that absolutely loves and cares for you that gave his life for you, as you begin to sit there in that, that's where the love for your enemy comes from. That's where the love for the neighbor comes from. That's where the motivator that's greater than fear comes from is the face of God. And so I wanna invite you tonight to come before him and just tremble at his feet. Consider how great God is and how holy and set apart he is, yet he wants to know you personally and intimately. He wants to know your deepest cares. He wants to deliver you from your greatest fears. And so tonight, we're gonna have a time, we're gonna, again, we're gonna sing about belief. We're gonna say, hey, God, I believe in you. I believe you died and rose again. And maybe you just need the fresh reminder this evening that his love is still for you today. He says, I sought the Lord and he delivered me. Just so you know, it's okay to be delivered tonight. It's okay to realize your humanity and your imperfections and your shortcomings and look past all that and lay it at the feet of Jesus and say, Father, deliver me from my fear. That's okay. It's okay to be saved and recognize your need for saving once again. It's okay if you confess Jesus when you were nine years old and you're sitting here tonight, an adult now, it's okay to come before the Father and say, Father, man, I've been living my life in fear. Remind me of your love tonight. Let your perfect love cast out fear. 
There's most likely, actually I'm confident, there's somebody here tonight and your relationship with God is full of fear. It's not the, the, the fear that drives worship, but it's the fear that is actually pushing you away because you're afraid of his hand of judgment. I just wanna remind you this, that if you've confessed Jesus as Lord, you understand that he died for your sins and he is giving you life and you have stepped into receiving his love, I want you to know that your verdict for eternity is not guilty. Perfect love casts out fear. If there's fear of punishment, then that love has not been perfected in you yet. Let's continue to step into that love being perfected us as we live free of fear. So y'all come and pray tonight. Give your fears to the King. Seek the Lord. Tremble before Him. You're going to find that those fears that cause you to tremble begin to dissipate. They begin to leave. There's a reason the church prayed for boldness. So we're going to pray for boldness right now. Father, we recognize that we've got a call to do that requires our life. It requires everything that we have. It's very tasking. It's very, Lord, it's, there's a reason you, you called us to sacrifice, God. There's a reason you remind us of suffering. It's because obedience at times, God, it doesn't give us the outcomes that we hope to see in the very narrow perspective that we as humans see. But Father, we understand that you see a far greater perspective. So God, in the midst of our enemies, in the midst of our, our, our friendships, in the midst of broken relationships, Father, Lord, we come before you and we ask for boldness to speak, that we can move forward in confidence, worrying about one thing, and that is just trembling before the Father just coming before the, the Father, the supply, the river of life, the bread of life. Father, we come before you today to drink deep, to be filled and overflow in your love, God. And Lord, as we continue to experience the gospel in our life in the present right here now, Lord, lead us out. So God, we come before you we lay our fears down at your feet. We don't want to pick them up again. Father, deliver us. Empower us to do the work you called us to. For everyone that's taken steps of obedience, God, we say thank you for these situations that have been lifted up tonight. God, we, we, extend, we extend them to you, Father. We say, God, move. God, they're yours. For Dawn's family, God, I lift them up right now. Bring restoration in those relationships. We know that all restoration comes from your love. So, Father, we say thank you for your love. It's in the name of Jesus we pray all things. Amen. Y'all move, let's pray.